Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. Nice. Happy Thursday. Yeah, happy Thursday indeed. I don't know about where you're at, but it feels like fall is really here now. It was feeling like that, and then it, now it feels like summer here. It's like humid oh. and steamy today. Okay. A little bit of whiplash with the weather. Yeah. D- does fall make you feel a little bit like nostalgic or wistful or anything? Well, so I'm new to, to fall, like having real fall since moving to Minneapolis, like Central Valley of California, it was kind of just like hot and then it just got overcast, you know, like we didn't really have much of a, a fall to speak of. But here, you know, it evokes a desire to sit and drink hot beverages and uh, sit by fireplaces. And I, for one, am a fan of the seasons. <laughs> I like fall. I, I'm not like sad when summer goes away, but there's something about it that makes me like miss my childhood or something. I don't know quite what it is, but I have this sense of like, oh, I feel a certain way right now. I yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to work on that with my therapist to figure it out. <laughs> what that <laughs> actually back means. Back to like, like pumpkin patches and... Uh, it might be like I'm remembering going back to school or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I've that could be conditioned it. myself to <laughs> fall is an unfortunate time. But right, I mean, I, right. weather-wise and like feeling-wise, I, I love the fall. I'm like, I love like, living in New England partly because of that. Like fall is just my favorite season. Yeah. Having some novelty is nice. I mean, I, I have sometimes you know, wished that I lived in a place that is just like 70 degrees year round, like LA, Southern California or something. But I, I think I like the seasons actually. I think I prefer it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would miss, I would miss them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've been doing more Twittering. Have you? Okay. Strategically? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel very conflicted about it. It's a tricky thing because I feel like it's like ostensibly beneficial and work-related but like with diminishing returns after a certain amount and like the pattern of use matters a lot. Stripe had a Zoom call like a, a, talking about how they do remote. I was like, oh, this would be interesting. I attended and I started taking notes in uh, Rome, which maybe we should touch on. Okay. Yeah. I've heard a lot about this, but I don't know, don't know much myself. So yeah. So I've been trying to take more notes. And so I was taking notes. It's like, oh yeah, these would, this would, I should share these and just like made a Twitter thread. And so I did that. And then I like, ended up doing a couple more things that day and I just did one now it's like it's it is satisfying to like write a thing up have people get value from it have it get shared around definitely get like I see my follower counts go up I think it's kind of like a good I mean it's like audience building long term it's pro- it's good for tuple probably helps build the network all that stuff but it's also like just so dopamine slot machine driven where it's like, okay, I published the thread, and now I want to see the notifications roll in. It's like, oh, yes, give me another one. Give me another one. Uh, and it's, it, that part is not healthy. Like there's some value to it, but it's probably your brain's tricking you into thinking it's more valuable than it might actually be because it comes with all, all this um, extra drugs. <laughs> I feel like I need a write-only interface to Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. Like no, no read. I saw someone make this as like a little side project. It was like a client that had DMs and you could tweet, but you can't like read anybody else's timeline. I forget who that was. I vaguely remember something about this Kitsa, too. maybe? Sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, you might be right. Uh, not sure. Anyway, great idea. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's probably how I should use it uh, as best I could. Maybe I can ad block the timeline or something. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a plugin out there that will strip away like the likes, like all the numbers and, and badges yeah, and stuff. That would, you know? that would be cool. Tweetbot does that. Yeah. The, the iPhone app, mm-hmm. they like they'll, they'll tell you about mentions but not likes and retweets, which I think is good. It helps 
cut down on the noise. It's like, who cares really how many, all the, as the lights roll in one by one is, is not worth caring about. Right, right. My conflicted feelings continue. And like, I get value from reading Twitter too. Like I discover interesting things and see what, like I connect with people and that feels good. And it's so moderation, I suppose, is the answer here as usual. When you're thinking about, I have an idea about something, I'm going to post a thread about it. Is that planned in advance or is it kind of spontaneous? Like as inspiration strikes, you're like, I think people might actually like this and I have a good thought and you just post it or more the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Some people definitely have like a deliberate Twitter strategy. I mean, you look at like Steve Sugar, you know, like, like very curated feed and very methodical and seems to be executing a strategy around Twitter. Right. I sometimes feel like I aspire to that. And then other times I don't. It's just a lot of work. Like kind of. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It'd be a little less fun for me. Sometimes it's, it's nice to just like be like, oh, this is an interesting idea or a tweet a thing or whatever. But at the same time, I'm sensitive to like, what am I putting out there? Is it actually valuable? Like no one cares what I had for lunch. No one cares if I'm mad at this particular thing or annoyed by whatever. So I try to like not put like total crap out there. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Anyway, that's probably enough about Twitter. Yeah. So I'm trying this Rome thing. Yes. Tell me more. I think its official name is Rome, although it's at romeresearch.com. It's a note-taking app. What a what an idea. I'm still a Rome noob. I started it like a couple days ago, but I just kept seeing people mentioning it. And, I, and I've honestly been feeling this. I have been feeling a pull for a note-taking solution, actually. Like I have notes on my phone, like the iOS notes or like the macOS notes that I use for some things. I have a Dropbox folder with tons of Markdown documents in it that I sync with uh, between my devices that I will like edit in Vim for like really long form notes. I haven't settled on any of those being like really quite enough. Like it's just a folder full of like 200 markdown documents is like, eh, this is kind of useful, but not that useful. How do I find what I'm looking for? I mean, grep is pretty good, but, or silver search or whatever, but part of it, like my problem is like, I don't, I would like feel like I'm taking notes and I'd be like, I'm not going to know where this is later. I won't remember that I like filed this under Derek or whatever, because I was talking to Derek about it or something. I was kind of in this mode where I was like, I, I I want to take more notes. And then I also had this sense of like, I'm forgetting so many things. Like I would see a tweet, let's say, and I'd be like, here's a good idea. Do this during code reviews or something. And I'd be like, oh, that is a good idea. But like, it's not a thing that comes up all the time. And I would just have this sense of like, this is a good idea. And if there were a way for me to like integrate this into my life and like, like have this pop back up later and like remind me to do it, that would be amazing. I kind of also wanted like spaced repetition alongside my notes where it's like here's a good idea make sure to show me this later so i internalize it uh, and it turns out like there's a thing that basically solves these problems and like these are like some of the things that rome is trying to do so again i'm still new to it and like like all these like productivity type things i i get very excited about it and then it often breaks down in practice but here are the things that i like about it so far so the first is that it is a uh, very lightweight to create links between pages and terms in the, the app so I'd be like, I'm on a call with like Derek today and I'll just like throw it, like hit a keyboard shortcut and it like makes Derek a link to a new note called Derek that I can throw stuff into. So it is building a graph as you go. And because it's easy, the friction is low enough, I will just like, I'll, I'll create links to, to scale or to like a placeholder pages that aren't even a thing yet. Like, like worked on this thing in Ruby, blah, blah, blah. Like I'll link to Ruby, even though it's not a thing yet, but it's like someday I might want to pop into the Ruby node and like do some stuff there. So it's building a graph, which, so it's kind of helping solve the discoverability problem. And then by the way, you can also search and be like, 
show me all the places I've mentioned Derek, but I haven't linked him to this note. And it's like, oh, he's a, oh, he shows up in these things. Okay, link all those things. And so now like you can kind of like make the graph fully connected and like you don't have to like catch all the places you failed to build that that edge, uh, which is cool. So I feel like the discoverability part is really good. And it's encouraging me to like make lots of pages and nodes, which I like. And then also they recently added another thing that I feel like is kind of helping my, my ease me into it is they give you a daily note automatically every day. Like when you log into the app, it's like here's September 10th. It's an empty dock, but like it's it's here. And I'll just like start throwing stuff into it. And because it's like, oh, here's just like a page. I don't have to think like, what's my structure for my daily notes? Where should they live? What should the title of the page be? Should there be a folder structure? Where should I put? It's just like, here's the day's note. It's already made for you. And so I just start typing stuff in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a call with Derek. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to publish whatever. And just like throwing links to future nodes or existing things as I go. And it really has helped me kind of just like lose the... An, like over analysis problem yeah that's my huge problem with with note taking in general and like i aspired back in the day to have like a really nice like evernote account where like things were properly curated like derek's personal knowledge base kind of and i kind of feel the same thing about notion right now too like i've thought about like maybe i should start warehousing some some procedures and things when, when i start hiring you know people there's all this knowledge i want to surface and right now i'm like i don't have a consistent way of organizing this stuff like some stuff that's like relevant code wise like if i've made a certain decision about a library and it's like not immediately obvious why i did it i'll like throw it in the readme of the repository of the main app because i'm like this will probably get looked at but yeah i often feel like there's knowledge that i know i will want to surface later but it's just slipping away from me and i don't have a great place to to like put it for final you know just remembering where i put it for one thing and like surfacing totally. it to people who need it yeah yeah i want to have an answer of like this is where everything's going to go like something that's that's good enough that i'm like this is just going to it's it's here if i if i wrote it down it's here i have a podcast.md file in my dropbox notes folder uh, that has like my notes for basically every aop we've done it's like kind of useful but not that useful but if it were like if i had these links have been building these links all this time. It's like, oh, when's the last time I mentioned Rome or Twitter as a distraction versus this or Stripe or, you know, these kind of things. It's more navigable that way. So when you're setting up your Rome account, I mean, are you thinking in terms of like folders and any kind of grouping or organization that way? Or is it just everything kind of freeform? As far as I know, there's not folders. So instead, it's like you're building a graph of connected pages. So it's just like nodes and edges, and, and that's kind of it. And again, I, I'm new to it, so maybe there are folders. I have not seen them if there are. But it seems just like you just like connect stuff together. Your like main view, what's the jumping off points into the graph? Is there like a list of notes, or is it just a search box, or what does that look like? Yeah, there's a few. There, there is a search box. There is a graph view, so you can see actually what it looks like, like all the, all the nodes connect together. I think there's also just like a list to show me all my notes view as well. The design is a bit disappointing. Like the polish level of the thing, it's kind of ugly. Yeah, that's been my perception, which I've, I've kind of negatively judged it when I've looked at it. I'm like, what is this janky looking thing? I yeah. think it's it's unfortunate. Uh, apparently they're doing quite well. So, you know, they, they apparently have judged it correctly, at least to some extent where it's like, oh, we don't need this to be beautiful right now. I hope it's in the plans to get it more. It's, it's just, it's it's not very nice to look at. But it's a little bit like, Vim is not that nice to look at. You know, it's kind of stark. 
yeah it's utilitarian it's like yeah we're not about pretty we're about like knowledge and connection and that kind of thing they also have this great thing on sign up so when i signed up for it there's like do you want a monthly plan for like 15 bucks a month do you want an annual plan for whatever it was 150 or something or do you want to do join the believer group for $500 for five years and get early access to all the features, get demos from the founders on things like you have like a monthly or weekly Zoom call or something. But it's basically like, do you want to be in the, you know, the cool club, which I thought was really smart. I liked that, that move a lot. Did you do it? I did not. Yeah. Uh, I decided to start on the monthly and yeah. see if I, I stuck with it. But like I started following the founder and he was tweeting like, oh, like we just shipped this new feature. Like the believers are going to get a demo on Friday. And I was like, oh, I do want that new feature though. <laughs> so it's, there's like a, I have this in my mind of like, maybe I, I will do, I'll, I'll go there eventually. I'll create to it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a trial for this, by the way, or is you start paying right out of the gate? Uh, I think there is a trial. I think I'm in trial right now, but I, but I think you have to enter a credit card. So one of the things that I, t- I touched on that I was saying, like I, I wanted a, a space repetition system built into the thing. Because like, if I just write down this good idea, sure, I wrote it down. I probably am more likely to remember it now. And maybe someday I'm like, oh, I'm doing code review. Let me go read my code review notes and see what good ideas are there. But maybe I just forget about it. And that's been my experience with a lot of things. And I've like, have all these hacky solutions for it so far. Like I've, I've thought about just like an Anki deck of ideas, basically, where it's like, just show me things I thought were smart and like remind me that these, these things exist. Because like I found like, I, I do not remember them. Like I found screenshots from like three months ago. I'm like, oh yeah, this was such a good thread on this thing. I'm like, cool, I screenshotted it, but I didn't remember this was a thing. And they just added like a, a built-in spaced repetition type system into Rome. Uh, and I don't actually know how it works yet. I haven't dug into it, but I know that this is something like, show me this block again on some future date, which is, which is sort of the core of spaced repetition. Yeah. Hmm. And the more I think about my system right now, I have, I use IA Writer on my desktop and that dumps basically markdown files into a folder in Dropbox, similar to what you have. And I kind of think of that as just like anytime I'm doing, you know, I'm doing an onboarding call or something and I know I'll want to probably take some notes from that. I just spin up a new, a new file and it automatically names the file based on the first line that you type in. And often I don't change that. I'm never really quite happy with how things are named. There's inconsistencies. And then I always think about like, well, how did I name my last one? And then I like try to get the title just right. And there's just so much ceremony and like, in like trying to have some small part of organization happening, but it's still not like a perfect system. And so I just never feel good about that. And then searching is kind of a, a pain. And so it's kind of just, uh, just de- rely on recency, like whatever's at the top of my, notes file list i'll probably you know just see it it'll just fly into my radar and be like oh yeah i took some notes about this thing there i should look back at that you know but it's super disorganized and and then of course i have like bookmarks and liked tweets sometimes i'll like a tweet and be like well i'm gonna like it so that i'll remember like if i want to think back to that thing then it's like i never end up going back and look at my likes so it's yeah it's a mess yeah (laughs) yeah Getting back to it is the hard part, I think. Yeah. It's like, if I remember there's a, like, remember it was a thing in the first place, kind of hard. And then like, even if I do remember it was a thing and I want to go check it out, like, where was that? Like, what's, how do I find it again? I think those are both substantial problems. It was cool too. Like I was on this Stripe remote coffee chat 
and I was just like kind of sitting there listening, but like getting a little distracted because like I'm on my computer. I have the whole internet like at my fingertips. It's like, oh, maybe what, what else is going on over here? Let me check my email real quick, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not much of this is going to sink in if I, if I attend this thing this way. And so I was like, oh, let me take some notes instead and like listen for interesting quotes and interesting ideas. It totally changed my mind once I started thinking that way. And I, I paid way more attention. And then I captured some nice ideas from it stored them in a structured way and like, you know, linked and cross-linked and findable later. And then like that was easy to turn that into a Twitter thread to like share my notes with people. If I were doing this more regularly, this seems like pretty powerful. Yeah. I bet that would be really helpful too for doing customer interviews or like product kind of product discovery type interviews. <laughs> Cause yeah. I have, I have little, little things littered around obviously in my like text files from onboarding people. And like people will end up requesting the same thing. And then usually if like multiple people request it, I'll at least file something in my ticket backlog and mention, write, write their name in it, like first name. And right now I'm mostly like first name basis, like the, the customers that I have, I kind of know, like if, if it's Ben, it's probably this Ben that I'm talking about, you know, um, you have another Ben. I do have another Ben. <laughs> Dude, what? Well, you know, you're not a paying customer yet. So wow. I got to find wow. another Ben. <laughs> okay. Does he have Ben at Savvy Cal? um take the url oh i'll i'll look <laughs> how much is it going to cost me to bump this guy off here we'll talk offline all right sounds good <laughs> but yeah that's like i'm not super happy with that and i mean that kind of there is like the the base camp 37 signals approach of like we don't write down any feature requests and if it's important enough it'll surface later but i also kind of like to know like like is there a groundswell of this of of people wanting this thing and sometimes i can't just recall that you know i'm not not always great at at like keeping a, ta- a mental tally of like you know there's enough people who really want this thing maybe that should take priority over this other thing you know so i feel like um yeah if i'm able to kind of quickly find references to things in realm or whatever um that could be really helpful for that yeah you might want to check it out yeah cool man yeah it's cool to, to follow the founder too because it's it's clear he is uh crazily about the mission it's not like we're making a note-taking app it's like knowledge needs to be more discoverable and connected and everything should work like rome does and like it's like okay all right all right i appreciate a little bit of zeal yeah a founder like that it's kind of cool <laughs> living it breathing it i like it yeah yeah and i could be misremembering this but i i swear i saw that like he and the other people that work at the company all live in a house together Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Like, I yeah. think they like have like a company house and you have to go live there to work for them. <laughs> the Don't Rome quote me on this. I, I think, that, I, think I, I swear I saw this, which uh, again, I also really appreciate. Right. Right. The extrovert in me is like, that sounds great. Oh my God, let's do this. <laughs> oh man. I have a hiring tip Yeah, for everyone mm-hmm. or a job application tip. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get a job and you're a developer, don't send someone a link to your GitHub profile. Hmm. It's too high level. It puts too much uh, onus on the person to go find interesting proof of your abilities. It's not good. Don't do it. Yeah. It was never helpful. And when I was hiring, I would end up looking at it and I'd be like, most of the time, there's nothing actionable for me. Like, what am I supposed to your contribution graph mm, your your last like few hobby projects and go like that are half complete like mm, nope <laughs> yeah it's not curated enough it's yeah. getting better now that you can throw a readme like a profile level readme yeah. on there yeah and that helps for sure so maybe this advice will get like less and less good with time 
But even then, I think you'd be better off being like, look at this class I wrote, or like check out this function and talk about why you did it that way and what you thought about and what you considered. I think the level of like granularity needs to be way lower to actually make good like uh, decisions about somebody or to kind of get a sense of someone's abilities. You guys doing some doing some interviewing, doing some looking over candidates and stuff. Is yeah, that what this came might out be of? doing a little bit of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's there's some stuff in progress. Even if you link to a project, like that's better because like okay, you've picked a specific repo for me to look at that helps for sure. Uh, but even then, it can be you know the last couple commits are those interesting ones. Like, is the readme a hundred percent pristine? Is it amazing? Like, will I know what this is about? Like, does it like the, there's a lot. I think you can just do better by starting smaller. Um, maybe link to a project and say, this is the project I'm really proud of. Also, check out this PR and this commit in particular or this little bit. Like, Find a couple highlights and pull them out and, and talk about them. I think it will serve you, serve you better. It's a quite messy process because most code bases are not authored by one person anyway. So you're kind of looking through stuff and you're like, okay, this looks decently well-structured, but then you like have to hit get blame to see like what were they even the author? Like, yeah, it's a lot of work without context. Exactly. It's a lot of work. And, and you have to put yourself in the, the shoes of the hiring person. And like you are probably the 20th person they've looked at and like, you know, the 20th GitHub profile that day. And so you want to stack the deck in your favor by making it easy to quickly say, this person's great. Look at this. Wow. So clean. Okay, great. Next thing I need to think about. As opposed to like, here's a little bit of homework for you. It's like, maybe you just get kind of, maybe on the margins, you get passed over as opposed to considered more deeply because you just made it a little bit harder than you could have for the person who's looking at your application. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like that. Good tip. Yeah. Just a quick, quick thought I had mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like someone may have sent you a GitHub link with no context. I've gotten so many GitHub links, actually. <laughs> okay. So like we have a, a question on our uh, WebRTC uh, engineer job application. Yeah. And it's like, can you link us to something that shows us that you like, you know, your abilities? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just like, github.com slash foo. And it's like, mm -hmm. not that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I got a lot of those. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to, I think I need to change how we screen people basically mm -hmm. so we had asked like what's your background what are you interested in link it to something that shows you shows off your skills what are you trying to get better at a couple questions like that and i like freeform questions that make people write a little bit but i think i want even more writing to happen i was talking to adam about this it's like i don't think everyone who is smart is a good writer but i also think it's hard to write well if you're not fairly smart <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the converse is is true, right? Yeah, if you can write well, you're probably decently intelligent. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to fake that skill with anything other than like you've got some some horsepower, some head horsepower. Um, and so I think you if you throw a writing bar in front of people and use the their writing quality as the first thing, you're gonna get some stuff wrong. You're gonna miss people that are smart but not great writers. Um, you also have this problem of like English not being your first language, uh, which is a challenge. I do find myself wanting for some of these people, like I wish I'd said like, write me a full page description of something because I think it's going to show me a lot more about your mind um, than like here's github.com as like an answer to one of my questions. Yeah. Well, and that's also 
happens to be one of the important things that you're kind of filtering for also, right? Because you're a remote team that does most things over, you know, the written word, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently automatic uh, does interviews over Slack, I think. Huh. Because that's that's how they do so much of their communication. So it's like, yeah, this is how we're going to do this too. Huh. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. I've never thought of that before. Hmm. Yeah, making the, the the application look like the work, I think, is is smart. And you're right. Like, if we're async and distributed, and, and it's like, you're going to have to write things that talk about what you're doing and what you've yeah. done and yeah. sell us on stuff. So do some of that as part of the application makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like yeah. that. So uh, what's going on in your your world? I was remarking to you, this week has blown by really fast. I took a, took a half day off, at least, on on a labor day here in the U S it's past Monday. So yeah, but I, I feel I'm feeling pretty good about the state of my kind of self-serve onboarding flow that I've been trying to, to polish up and get kind of nice and tight, um, over the last week or so I sent some, some links to people without me giving them a handheld demo, um, through the product and just basically invited them to, to sign up and walk through. And a couple of folks did that and sent me like a loom video kind of walking through as they were walking through, which was helpful. And it seems to be working decently well. I will say that like, I feel like I'm not super embarrassed of my product or if you can call it an MVP right now. And so I'm feeling kind of the nudge to like, you got to open this up wider. You got to invite more people in and start, start accelerating the learning a bit. What I've done, what I did yesterday, actually, and this was kind of prompted by wanting to like start catering like the the whole signup process to just being centered around authenticating your Google account. Like that is really pretty much a, a requirement anyways to get value out of the product is to have your Google calendar linked up. Right. And so before I had like this, this signup page that I gated off with special like registration codes that I could send to people and you would just enter your name, email address, password, kind of a standard registration form. But I mean, the, the real, the real money is just being able to click a sign in with Google and boom, you instantly have an account and it already has access to your calendar. So you don't even have to do that step. And it's just super smooth. Right. Um, and when people are like using someone else's booking link, there there's a prompt to overlay your calendar for your own convenience so you can see your own events on top of their booking page and when you do that i spin up a savvy cal account for you automatically in the background and you are basically registered and so i've been wanting to like get to that as the as the default flow and i've held off on like exposing this this sign in with google button more widely because you can't really you can't really restrict that in the same way that you can like a signup page that you put behind a special special code, you know? And so I basically decided this week to just throw that up on the website. So now, <laughs> now you can basically just come and sign up. Like if you make it there, you can create an account, walk through, pay, go through the whole process. And so it's a it's a very soft launch in a sense. And um, okay. yeah. And so that happens. So it's so it's open. I so it's open. Go, go yep. do it. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. That's a that's a great step. You said you 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 wanted to open it up to do more learning. Yeah. What do you feel like your biggest question is that you need to get an answer to? I have survey results from people that gives me an idea of like what they're what they're really looking for as an alternative to kind of the status quo. And so I have that to to judge based off of, but I'm still right now making guesses about 
you know, like I can I can take in that data and I can make some hypotheses about what's the most important things to focus on to differentiate the product today. But that still isn't perfect information. That still doesn't tell me that like the people who have these problems are also the ones who are going to become the the biggest fans and the big, you know, the best users for the product. Like I'm still I still feel like it's taking too big of a guess. And so I think it's really hard to compete with just like, yeah, the product is open if you want it sign up, use it, pay for it. If not, then I need to learn why you're not. And if you are, then I want to know more, you know? And so it's basically like, I want to, I want to just get to the final state of like, the product is available. You can sign up for it. And then, then I can really gain confidence about where the roadmap should go. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So that sounds pretty fundamental. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, it's one thing to build a scheduling tool, but then it's like how, how do I take it to the next level? You know, like what are the, what are the areas that people care the most about? And that that's going to come right. from, from real users. Yeah. Do you think of yourself as, as like kind of needing to steal users from other people? It's like by giving them something that they want that they don't get or like, or converting people that are not using anything into customers. Mm, I think it's both honestly. And that's, that's come up in the, in the survey. There's, I would say like, Maybe, maybe one third, two thirds are two thirds are using an existing tool. One third are really not right now. So I think that's probably about the the balance. It's it's a good question of like, do I focus on the people who have who are earlier on and have hesitated to sign up for a tool, or for the people who are using an existing tool and have a list of like reasons why they don't like it? There's a ton of different areas to focus on. So now I want to I'm you know trying to get get better insight into which which one um, is best for me to focus on right now it's kind of the art the art side of doing product right yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> i wonder i mean i have a hunch you're also going to have the like well i wish i had a few hundred trials starting every month but i don't so how do i get that to work too mm-hmm. problem mm. like there's like the learning of like how's how's it going like but you probably will pretty quickly like realize that you need a more of a stream of people coming in maybe? yeah yeah right well and i and i so i have this you know it's it's soft opened up right now and so my next step is to take some guesses based on people who have filled out my survey and and let them know deliberately let Mm. them know that they can sign up now you know yeah that's kind of the next step but i mean i may guess wrong on who's ideal so i'm going to keep that i'm going to keep that going pretty quickly unless i'm unless i invite 100 people and i start learning a bunch and there's a lot to work through and there's a lot to dig into then i will you know pause on inviting the next cohort basically um yeah 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 yep. are there a lot of people on that that list of, of potential invitees yeah so there's like 450 on the who have filled out the the early adopter survey and then like 1200 on the main email list nice so, okay yeah like a good good chunk yeah yeah That'll keep you going for a while, probably. I think so. I think so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. You're kind of in like the figure it out mode. This is like a real milestone or like yeah. a real pedal to the metal moment, I guess. Yeah, I think so. It's like, it's like, you know, when people's reactions, when I invite them, onboard them manually, they're like, man, this, this product, this is way further along than I thought it was going to be. Like based on mm-hmm. how I was positioning it, I'm like, I'll walk you through. It's got some rough edges. I mean, <laughs> people have mostly been like, I don't know, man, I think you could just like let people use this. So hmm. that's what I'm nice. trying to like, just kick myself in the butt a little bit and like 
Let's let's yeah. get a little more uncomfortable. Let's let's invite. I mean, people will be signing up on Initiate. I'm sure some people will be confused. There will be questions, and that's where the learning is really going to come in. It's like, um, yeah. So I feel like I've been I've been kind of like shielding myself from that by doing demos and like explaining stuff away before people can like raise a question about like what was not clear to them. So that's another piece of data that I really want to start taking in you know it's like where are people getting confused without me telling them um you know how the product works mm, nice so you got that discomfort yeah seeking cool. discomfort nice yeah all right well anything else you want to chat about uh, i think that's it for me all right notes of the show notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com thanks for listening see ya